you have your Bible, go with me to, to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, is uh, where we're going to be. We're going to do the month of July, we're going to go through uh, the book of Acts uh, together, and uh, so um, excited about that, that opportunity to be able to do that with you. Let's see if I can get my computer to, to cooperate here. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. What does it do? It was a fish, huh? Well, you don't, I don't, I mean, I like my son and stuff, but fishing is not what we really want to discuss um, this morning, so let me try this one more time. Let's see if this works or not. Well, I'll just tell you what's on my computer screen. How's that today? morning as you uh, open your Bible to the book of Acts, uh, and as we walk through uh, the next five weeks, now we're not going to go all the way through the book of Acts in five weeks, but what I want to do kind of for the summer is just take, uh, as we study together, uh, it's okay, you can, I don't know what's wrong with it, you can kill the screen, we'll just go with what I, they just won't get a chance to see what's on my screen, but it's all right. Um, I want us to see the book of Acts, maybe from, from this perspective, I want you to see the book of Acts not as uh, really a, of the apostles. I want you to see the power of the Holy Spirit demonstrated through the book of Acts. And so as we walk through the book of Acts, you're going to get a chance to cover about 30 years of history. You're going to get a chance to watch the gospel spread. And you're going to get a chance to see where it's going to be from what they have known as law. They're going to now be exposed to grace and the truth. And so this morning, I don't know uh, if you spent much time in the book of Acts, but as you watch the gospel go forward, it will not be an individual who will take the credit for making this happen. All the book of Acts is demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's exciting for me as I stand here this morning, exciting for you sitting in your seat this morning, to know that the same power of the Holy Spirit that was alive in the book of Acts can be alive in you today. And so as you watch the book of Acts, you don't see the Holy Spirit just sitting around. You see radical life change and individuals going from darkness to light, being rescued from no hope to hope, which was presented by individuals, by messengers. They were called apostles. And so this morning, as you open up the Word of God and you start in the book of Acts, the first thing that I want you to see is there's going to be a transition of leadership. Jesus is not going to be the one from here on out, the one that's going to go out and proclaim the message. It's not going to be Jesus. It's going to be his disciples. It's going to be the apostles. So if you look at uh, verse 1, you see in the book of Theophilus, I've dealt with you all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he had given, he was taken up from them and he had given commands. So as this leadership is going to change, There's going to be commands that are given through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Circle those words. You're at a point in history where the gospel is at the smallest that it's going to start at. Here, right here, right now. Guess what's interesting? He chose these people. So as you look at this group of disciples, fishermen, untrained, ragtag group of people, that not one of us would have said, hey, this is going to be an incredible team to spread this message, the gospel. He chose them. 
And he chose them. He's going to give them a task. And he's going to give them help through the power of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to think about something. Just sitting in your seat this morning. Jesus' name above everything. Do you know that he chose you before the foundation of the world? Now, all of us would do our little nice church answer. Yeah, sure, we know that. I mean, you've told us that. Okay. Now, how many of you live that way this week? How many of you allow the effect, the thought process to say, you know what? I have been chosen. Beyond the chosen part. He has knit you together in your mother's womb perfectly the way he wanted you. Now, I don't want you to walk out of here with big heads so we have to pop your balloon when you leave here. Okay? And I don't want you to walk out of here in pride, but I want you to walk out of here in biblical truth to know that he chose you. So as you enter into the book of Acts and the power of the Holy Spirit and the gospel is going to be spread, don't miss that the individuals were chosen specifically for a task. His disciples. He presented them to himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during the 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. If you have a little area in the side of your Bible, you probably need to write 1 Corinthians chapter 5 or 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 5 through 8. You need to be reminded this morning, but before he sent them out with this message, he was around for about 40 days. He appeared to them in a lot of different ways. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 5 through 8, gives you some of those ways. But all of these individuals that he is going to give this command to be my witnesses have seen the risen Christ. They were there. When your Savior was nailed to the cross, they were there. When Jesus was chained to the post and when he was beaten, they were there. They watched it. They know all about it. They watched him make a decision to take his last breath when he said, it is finished. He chose that. They are also there now as eyewitnesses to the resurrection of the Messiah, of Jesus, of my Savior. Don't miss that. So as this, this transition takes place, the leader's giving commands. He's reminding them that they are chosen. He's reminding them that, hey, I've been around for many proofs. And he gave them some orders. Now, I'm not going to give you orders because you don't like to be told what to do. And I don't like it either. But I want you to see this. Alright? I want you to see the orders that he had given. And while they were staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. Why is this so important? But to wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said, You heard of me? For John baptized with water. But you, the ones that I have chosen, the ones who I've demonstrated myself to for the last 40 days that I'm alive. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Kind of an exciting opportunity to talk about a lot of different things. Okay? But what I want you to see when you see when you think about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to think kind of like what we're going to get ready to be enjoying for on Wednesday, it's going to be called Fourth of July, and you're going to probably go into the fireworks store, and you're going to probably start out in the, 
you know, the sparkler division. And then you're probably going to be, you know, one of those individuals, if you're kind of like me, even though in the state of Florida we want things to go boom, they don't really, you know, allow a whole lot of stuff. So then you, you go around this and ask, okay, now, by the way, where's the good stuff? Where's the stuff when I light it, it's going to go boom, and I like it. Okay, and I'm fun fun like that too. Right now, if these individuals leave Jerusalem, they're going to miss the good stuff. They're going to miss the best gift that their father can give to them. He already gave his son. And that son died on the cross for them so they could have eternal life. Now he's going to deposit with them something different. Something that will affect their daily life. The power of the Holy Spirit living inside. Now, if you believe in the death of your Savior and the resurrection of Christ, you have something inside of you called the Holy Spirit. So as I was flipping through, I was thinking, okay, when did this take place? How did it take place? Where did it take place? I'm so glad you asked me all those questions. So take your Bible and go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul's words to the church at Ephesus. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, pick it up in verse 13. In him, you also were heard, in him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with him the promised Holy Spirit, who is a guarantor of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So the day that you accepted the free gift of salvation, God gave you a gift. Not like what we're reading in the book of Acts, okay? Now, he's going to give them a gift. He's telling them to stay in Jerusalem. He's going to tell them they're going to have to wait about ten more days. And then the Holy Spirit's going to come upon them. We will see that in Acts chapter 2. Okay, we're not going to talk about that this morning. All right, so they they don't have the Holy Spirit yet. So Jesus is still with them. It's 40 days after he's resurrected from the grave. He's with them. He's communicating with them. He's saying, hey, just wait. I've got a gift that I want to give you. Ten days, you'll see the gift. The day that you and I say yes to Jesus is the day that we get the Holy Spirit. Now, you know what's interesting? How much of the Holy Spirit will you give of yourself? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to take control of who you are? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to come alongside of you? And when you're walking in, this, in, in outside of this area where you know you're supposed to be, when you hear that still, small voice, you say, okay, Holy Spirit, I need to surrender. Here's probably the best word picture you can kind of put it together when you think about the Holy Spirit. Who's driving your car of life? It's either you or the Holy Spirit. And there is no in-between here, okay? We're not like straddling the fence, okay? God, I, I want to drive for a little while, then you drive for a little while, and I drive for a little while. And I know we go back and forth at times. But the day that you said yes to Jesus, you have victory inside. You have power. And that doesn't leave. The Holy Spirit doesn't leave me. It's a gift that was deposited to me. So, 
couple more verses when I think about the Holy Spirit. I want you to go to, uh, since you're in Ephesians, go to Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 30. Ephesians 4, 30. And if you had time, you really probably should read 25 to 32, uh, but we're not going to do that this morning. So pick it up in verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. Because I was sealed on the day of redemption, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Where does that power come from? The Holy Spirit. Because that gift is in there, in you, those things can move out of you. Bitterness, forgiveness. It's not done in your own strength. It's done with the power of the Holy Spirit. God, help me to walk in this. Uh, another one, since you're in Ephesians, go to Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So in the same way an individual acts when they're drunk, the alcohol controls them. Paul's telling the church of Ephesus, don't go that far, but allow the Holy Spirit to empower you, to control you, to run your life. Colossians chapter 3. So Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go to the right in your Bible, chapter 3. Look here, verse uh, 16. 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching you, admonishing with one another in all wisdom, singing hymns and, and psalms and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord. Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We have the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit when we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us. Drop down now as you see some more words from Jesus. There's so many things I'd like to say. But drop down to verse 8. But you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all the Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So back to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The risen Christ is standing with his leadership, and he says these words to them. But you will receive power. I want you to put next to your Bible... If you, ha- if you like to write in your Bible, this is what is next to my Bible. As I, as I think about the word power, I have Ephesians chapter 3, 16 through 20. And so, um, let me just read it to you quick. Ephesians chapter 3, uh, 16 through 20. That according to the riches of His glory, He may grant to you the strength with power through the Spirit... In your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of what? And to know the love of Christ. That surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to Him, who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, 
according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you see anywhere in there that it's about the individual's strength? Or their accomplishments, or their abilities, or their talents. No. All the power comes from the Holy Spirit. So as you read Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power. Power from where? Not yourself. Please do not think about yourself. And I know we live in an American culture. And we hear self-helps and ways to success. And leadership and all these things that we can go to. That if we're just better, then everything else is better. That's not the way the gospel works. That wasn't Jesus' plan. He didn't say to his disciples, Okay, guys, now I want you to go to the gym. I want you to eat right. I want you to go to all these seminars. I want you to go away on vacation. I want you to have these titles. And then when you do all of these things, I'm going to give you this message. And you go out and do it. No. He doesn't. He says to the leadership of the church in the very beginning. But you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I want you to see what he says next. And you will be my what? You will be my witness. Now there's a lot of functions for the Holy Spirit. But this is very interesting to me. He didn't talk to them about the Holy Spirit's going to be their comforter. He didn't talk to them about the Holy Spirit's going to be their teacher. He didn't talk to them about the Holy Spirit was going to come alongside of them and make them feel good. He says, you will receive power to be my witnesses. He wants them to go out into the world and tell the whole world that he's alive. I want you to testify to that all around the world. And if, if my computer would work, it would almost be like you go into a courtroom and you put your hand on the Bible. Will you swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth? So it makes you look good. So it makes you happy. No. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. That's what you're testifying to. You place your hand on the word of God. Which means nothing in our society. But it's interesting that it's in the courtroom. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. He has called you. To be his witnesses. But not in your strength. And not in your feelings. And not in your comfort. And not in your joy. But in your sorrow. So this morning as you enter into the beginning of the local church and the beginning of the spreading of the gospel going forward, know that if we have an opportunity to reach Highlands County with the gospel, it will not be about a church program. It will not be significant about the budget line. It will be about individuals who will sit down with the word of God and say, wait a second. Holy Spirit, I need your power to be a witness. And I know that the Holy Spirit's done some amazing things. One of the, the fun parts that Susan and I get a chance to do at times is sit down and do premarital counseling. And the first thing that we do, we have this 
little diagram of a home, and we walk them through the different parts of a home. And the first slide that we, that we show them is the foundation of a home, and it has cracks in it. And all of us have cracks in our foundation in our homes of life. And we need the Holy Spirit to step in through the power of the gospel and do some healing in the foundations of who we are. But in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, we have been called to accept the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses to our community. To make sure that the gospel starts in an area, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the We had a chance this morning to sit with the elder board. We had a meeting on Tuesday night. That's a missions team meeting. And there's an individual that's grown up in Sebring that I got a, an email from. Matt Lethbridge. And Matt is a missionary with ABWE. And Matt's passion and who he is as an individual, God has made his mind an engineering mind. He's a project manager, who he is. And so starting in November, and all the other year on the admin team, uh, we're not spending outside of our budget. So I know there's some admin team in here. This is all inside our budget. Nothing new, nothing's going to change as far as the admin work, okay? Because we haven't had a chance to tell you all this yet. But nothing's going to change there. But we will have the privilege to support a new missionary in your life. A gentleman that's going to go build buildings. And you know what I'm excited about? As he loves to build buildings, but he wants the gospel to be presented in the buildings. He wants individuals to sit down with the word of God and say, hey, here's some truth. In the early church, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will be the witnesses. Where at? Wherever he's going to go. And I can't even pronounce the name of the country that he's going to be in. But I'm excited that there's going to be a building there where the individuals can come and sit with the word of God and they can open the truth of scripture and say, okay, Lord, how do we reach this community? How do you want us to be a witness in this community? And we will have a part in it. We will be one of the supporting churches that say, okay, we're behind you, we're for you. So it's not just Highlands County, it's around the world. In two weeks, there's going to be a group of students stand here that has decided to go to Korea. And they're going to have an opportunity to spend time with Students in Jeju Island, and those students are going to use their toothbrush, and those students are going to use uh, their deodorant, and probably their towel. But they have an opportunity to be a witness for the gospel. You want to use my toothbrush? Go right on ahead. I got another one hidden somewhere. <laughs> you want to borrow my toothpaste? Go right on ahead. You want to use my towel? I've got an extra. Right, but it's an opportunity to be a witness for the gospel. Next to that passage of scripture, you will be my witnesses. I have written in my Bible, 1 John chapter 1, 1 through 4. And so if you have some time, which has been kind of fun for me recently as I, as I go through the word of God, I'm trying to, to write scriptures next to the word of God that remind me to take me to another passage. And so... If you have some time this afternoon, you can go to 1 John. And you can read about John's eyewitness account. He, I was there. He was there. Now I realize something. That I have not told you anything that is not new this morning. That you know 
that God has a plan. And there is no plan B here, okay? He didn't say, you'll be my witnesses. And by the way, if these leadership guys and the apostles fail, there's another way to go around. No. He didn't do that. He's given you and I the opportunity and the responsibility to be the, the witnesses to our community. We are the light of the world. We are the city on the hillside to make a difference in a lost, broken, messed up community where people's lives are hurting. The only way that we can help them is to step into the here's the gospel. Can I introduce you to Jesus? Can I give you hope today? Come through a cross and an empty tomb. Something else that I want you to see in this passage of scripture. So you've got a leadership transition from Jesus to the disciples, and he's going to give them power in that. But I want you to go over to verse 15 now. I want you to see the prayer of the leadership. In those days, Peter stood among the brethren. The company of the persons was about 120, verse 15. And said, brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled. And then he's going to go on and he's going to bring up a a, a passage of scripture that that references Judah, Judas in Psalm chapter 69, verse 25. And so now there's going to be an office that is left open. There's going to be a position that is now vacated because of Judas. I want you to see how they respond to this. So one of the men that accompanied us during so to fill this office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and went out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken from us. So this individual has to be there from the baptism of John, has had to be around for these 40 days to see this risen Christ, up to this day. Must become, or has seen, or with us as a witness to the resurrection. And they put forth two. Joseph called Barabbas, who was called Justice, and Matthias. Matthias, I already want to say that. I want you to see verse 24. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who knows the hearts of all, show which one of these two men, of these two, have you chosen. I want you to stop there for a second. I want you to see the words that they said. Because most of us, when it comes to praying, we don't pray this way, right? So the kids get on the bus, right? They're going to Word of Life. So what's the first thing that typically we pray? Lord, keep them safe. Is that wrong? No. But is that what God really wants for them? Or does God want to do something inside of their lives so they'll say, you know what, I'll trust the truth of Scripture. So the words that they're saying, they say is, you, Lord, who knows the heart of all, you show us, Lord, which one you have chosen. Now, we're getting close to time, so I won't go through this, I won't go through all of this, but I want you to see, uh, take your Bible, if you have your Bible, or or take your mind back to Matthew chapter 6. That is the Lord's Prayer. Interesting as Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, He doesn't pray. He doesn't show them, well, Lord, they're going to camp. Let them have a great time. Lord, they're going to camp. Let them meet new friends. Lord, they're going to go to camp so camp can be all about them. Lord, may they learn how to make life all about themselves. No. 
What is the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6? What does he say? Our Father which in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So it starts with reverence. And I find it very interesting in the beginning of this new local believers where there's going to be a spreading of the gospel. They're not praying their will be done. They're not praying, Lord, make this easy. Lord, we really don't want to die for our faith. Lord, we really want to be prosperous. Man, we want to have a great retirement plan. Just make us happy. We love you. No, there's concern about a position that an individual is an eyewitness account of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the resurrected Christ, that that person would come along and be part of their team. But Lord, you show them the person. Because you know. I want to be very careful here. I don't want to be too harsh. But most of us don't pray, Lord, you're in charge and you do what's best. We pray, Lord, would you fix my grandkid? Instead of saying, Lord, that grandchild belongs to you. And I want them to come to know you personally and intimately in their relationship with you. So that at some point in their life they can say nothing but the blood of Jesus. We pray that they become successful in business. And we really haven't humbled ourselves with God and said, okay, wait a second, God. You're in charge. Matthew chapter 6, it was not about Jesus saying, okay, Father, uh, this is what I need from you right here, right now. And then if you go on farther in Matthew chapter 6, as you read through the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's very few people that are praying in the United States of America with hearts that are not too proud. Very few people are saying, Lord, I need you today. How many of us said this week, Father, I have to have you today. I can't fix this. I don't have the answers for even me. But I'll be there on Sunday. I'll be in church and it'll look right. But we've never paused in a reverence before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords said, okay, not me. It's not about me. It's you're in charge. I surrender to you. I don't have hope, but you're hope. I don't know what you want, but I'm going to trust you. I'm blown away at the beginning of the spread of the gospel. The people that you and I wouldn't have chosen said, Father, your will. You choose for us the next person you want to put on this team. And now here we are 2,000 years later with Bibles everywhere and commentary everywhere and YouTube everywhere, any sermon you ever want to hear. 
and there's something missing. You know what I believe it is? Humble heart. Us coming to our Father and saying, I don't have all the answers. And I need you today. If you want to see the gospel go, it will not be in your power. And it will not happen bring your way. It will be a group of individuals that gather together and say, you know what? It's not about us anymore. It's not about our comfort. It's about us saying, Father, we need you. So as you walk away, there's been a transition of leadership and our Savior is sitting next to his Father in heaven. He will be there until his Father says, go back and take the bride. See what that means? The opportunity to shed the gospel is our opportunity. How many are willing to say, Lord, you help me get out of the way to be a witness for the gospel? How many of us are willing to say, Lord, not my will be done, but yours? How many are willing to say, okay, Father, You've given me an opportunity to be a witness. So help me be a witness. Use me in the community to demonstrate your power. Starting in Jerusalem. Father, thank you for allowing us to partner with Left Bridges. To be able to build a buildings. Where people can sit in a building that has heat and air conditioning and lights tables and bathrooms and the word of God will be open so that community can learn and they'll be the witness I don't know where you are this morning but I'm excited about Acts chapter 1 I'm really kind of excited about Acts chapter 2 where we get to see Peter stand up and preach a message it'll be very interesting what you get a chance to read about what he preaches That's next week. What's right in front of you right here, right now. The power of the Holy Spirit is available to you to be the witness in Zebra. Will you receive the power? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to take control of you? Will you be a servant? Empty yourself of you and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm yours. Father, I'm yours. How many sons and daughters are sitting in here this morning where Jesus was willing to die for you and say, you know what, I give up, I surrender. You gave your life for me, I'll give back to you. I'll just say to you, Lord, it's not about me anymore. It's about you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to gather around your word this morning. Father, I'm also really excited to have the church family all together in one place, one time. It's been a long time since you had that opportunity. And I know it's summer and people are away on vacation. But Lord, you put us together. May we see each other now. May we be encouraged because of the people that are around us. May we be encouraged because the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. But Father, may we be a witness of the gospel, of the resurrection of Christ, and the power you've done in us. And Lord, it's easy to be a witness for the Gators or the Seminoles or whoever else, sports-wise. It's easy to be a witness for, oh, I got my outfit here. None of that matters. What matters is 
you've given us the opportunity to tell people that we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ through his shed blood, his shed blood, his burial, and his life today. And I know that's weird in our society, but I don't care. And so if somebody laughs at you because you believe in the gospel, shoulders back, chin up, remind yourself that you're fearfully and wonderfully made by the one who died for you. So may you not allow a human to decrease your value or increase your value. Father, thank you for your word. May we allow it to go from what we know, and we have a lot of information about Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But may we accept the leadership transition to our lives, to the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, may we really pray like the early church prayed. May we get out of the way and surrender to you. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather. We love you, Jesus. Your name I pray. Amen.